Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. This is the only podcast that digs deep into Scripture and then tells you how to apply it to your life so your life has meaning and purpose and you can be a glory to God and be well-pleasing to Him. And thank you for joining me on the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast. And we're going to wrap up our topic on how to study the Bible. In this episode, we're going to talk about recognizing the attacks of the enemy and give specifics as to what those attacks are. You know, Jesus called Satan the father of lies, and there is no truth in him. <laughs> and he also called him the great deceiver. Sorry, that's no laughing matter, because he really wreaks havoc and causes a lot of destruction with his lies, even to Christians. So when something seems a little bit out of place or odd about the Bible, it's probably coming from Satan, one of his attacks. And sadly, there are some attacks that Christians believe they don't even recognize that they're lies directly from Satan to discredit God's word. And remember, in past podcasts, I have mentioned how important God's Word is to God, and that He is powerful enough to keep it pure through all the years and through all the, the revisions. And one of the ways that He has done that is to make sure that we have the original transcripts, or at least references to them or copies of them, so that we can verify the originality, the authenticity, and the accuracy with what we hold in our hands today. In Psalm 138.2, the King David, under the help and guidance of the Holy Spirit, wrote, You, God, have magnified your word above all your name. So God's word is very important to him, and so is keeping it. Additionally, in John chapter 1, John wrote very eloquently and magnificently that Jesus was is the Word of God. He is God's Word, which definitely sets the tone for the entire Word of God as to the integrity, as well as the author. And God's Word should be our most prized and valuable possession. We had a little scare this summer. We live in Montana, and there was a mountain right behind our house, and that mountain was on fire. And there was a period of time one day when the sheriff came around and said, be ready to go at a moment's notice, better grab your valuables and have it ready. And one of the first things I did was grab my Bible. That's how important it is to me. I have a lot of notes and scribbles and underlines and things in there, <laughs> but it's God's word that I wanted to grab and have with me. It is that important to me, and I hope it is to you too. So when Satan attacks the Bible, I get very upset at that, very angry, and hopefully you do too, and I'm going to mention some of his attacks and lies that maybe even some of us actually believe, but I will point out that they are lies from Satan and give you the opportunity to look them up for yourself. You know, be a Berean, like in Acts 17.11, where it says that, yeah, they listened to what Paul and the, and the preacher said. But then they looked it up in Scripture to make sure that what they were saying was true. 
So I would invite you to do that with the things I'm going to mention. But before I get to that, I wanted to mention two symbols that I found in Scripture that are just fantastic for really describing how the Word of God is and should be to us. First one is found in Amos 7, verse 7 and a few after that, where it actually describes Jesus, and therefore the Word of God, as a plumb line. And Jesus is the plumb line. Now, if you know what a plumb line is, it's a string with a weight at the bottom. Usually that weight comes to a point where you can find the center of something. A plumb line is used in construction for verification, reference, and trueness. It also can be used to find the depth of something, you know, like a lake. An example of the use of a plumb line in a lake when you're ice fishing in the Yellowtail Reservoir in northern Wyoming, because ling are really good eating. They're goofy-looking ugly fish, but boy, they sure do taste good, and they're right about the bottom of the lake. And when you're fishing there, you put a weight or a plumb bob at the end of your line and drop it all the way down until you feel it touch the bottom. And then about a foot above that is where you tie your bait. So remember that. Well, not the part about fishing, but The Word of God is like a plumb line. It is your reference. It tells you the depth of things. It is very descriptive and a wonderful source of help and trueness. And the other is found in Hebrews 6.19. We mentioned this a little bit last week. That the Word of God is an anchor for your soul. It gives you hope, which is part of that anchor too. And if you're on a boat and it's getting tossed and blown around by the wind and the waves, it can be pretty scary. If you drop anchor, you still may be blown around a little bit, but you've got a reference point and you know you're not going to go to where you're not wanting to go. (laughs) So I love those descriptive words, the plumb line of our life, the anchor for our soul is the word of God. And when those things are mentioned, those who hate God will attack that plumb line or that anchor, will attack God's word. And the best way that they do that is to discredit it in some way or another, or cause a little bit of doubt. And that brings us to the list of lies that Satan uses to attack the Bible. At least the ones that I've come up with. You may have more or other ones. These are just some that I've come up with. I won't expand upon them too much. I just want to point them out. Desiderius Erasmus said, Man's mind is so formed that it is far more susceptible to falsehood than to truth. And we don't want to be swayed by falsehoods. We want to be swayed by truth. So understand that the Bible is truth. Jesus is truth. And we need to read God's truth, the Bible, often because we need to be reminded of the truth. And truth is a staunch stalwart. It's immovable. It's impenetrable. And it is reality. But it can get mud and dirt thrown on it, and that makes it kind of hard to see the truth then. We have to study God's Word regularly to clean the dirt off and to clean the dirt out of our mind (laughs) that the world throws at us. And then we can see God's truly 
majestic and glorious truth. Satan, the enemy, knows the Bible really well, and he also knows how to twist it and how to throw some mud on it to make certain things hard to see. And we can tend to fall for his deceptions and to look more at his mud than at the words that are behind it. (laughs) Okay, God's truth behind it. And remember this, Satan does not want you to read God's word. He doesn't want you to know the truths that are in there. But you can know the truth, and the truth can set you free. Right? Here are some of the common lies and deceptions that Satan likes to throw at you. These are the globs of mud. Okay? Here we go. Reading the Bible is a chore. It's not a chore. It is fun, and especially if you set a specific time and do it. So he'll always put that in your mind. He'll always say, mm, you don't want to read the Bible. You've got other things you need to do. Well, realize that's mud that Satan has thrown. Another one he likes to throw is, you won't understand it. In fact, there are even denominations today that say that only the pastor or only certain people can understand the Bible, and you can't. Bull. <laughs> you can understand it. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do, is to help you to understand it. You can. Another glob of muddy throws is, it's too overwhelming. Well, yeah, it is. It is a big, daunting book, but it's not meant to be read as the whole like that. I mean, you can, but it's meant to be taken a little bit at a time. Okay, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. If somebody handed you a book the size of, say, War and Peace, and said, here, read this. It'll help you. You will take one look at that thing and go, oh, boy, I don't think so. I don't got time for that. But the Bible isn't like that. The Bible is meant to be read in small passages. You know, 20 minutes at a time. Here's a big glob of mud he throws. There are contradictions in the Bible. That's a flat lie. Here's another one. You can't take it literally. Yes, you can. And you just have to read it in context. Remember last time about location, location, location? You have to understand what it's trying to say. You know, someone will say, God talks about, he covers us with his wings. What, is God a bird? He's not a bird. Well, no, but understand what he's trying to say and use the idiom of what he's trying to say. That's more about the reality than the, the actual wording. You will understand that when you get to reading it. Here's another piece of mud. The Bible is old and not relevant today. <laughs> oh, baloney. It's more relevant today than it ever has been. <laughs> Here's another one. This is a lie. You can't trust it. It's changed over time. That's a bunch of bull because God's word is more important to him than his name. And he is powerful enough to keep it the original way he said it when he breathed it out all those years ago. And we have the original writings when these guys wrote them down, almost all of them. We have them to verify. So that's a bunch of bull. Here's another lie. There are better books than the Bible to read. Well, I don't think so. There may be some that help explain it or to give different points of view, but you can't improve on the Bible. The most intelligent and wisest man that ever lived 
said this, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, there are a lot of books in the world, lots of them, and they're good for knowledge. But there's only one book that's good for knowledge and wisdom. And it takes a lot of effort to read and study all of those books, which can become quite wearisome. But let me tell you the conclusion of that whole matter. Fear God and keep his words. For in his word is man's all. So part of what he's saying is it's okay to read other books, but the main book you want to read, the the for sure book you want to read, is God's word, the Bible. And there's nothing that can be added to it. It's done. It's complete. Even if somebody steps forward and says, oh, I got a new revelation from God. (laughs) Nope. And so don't even try. In fact, the Bible says two specific places in Scripture. Don't add to this and don't take away from it. Do you think God would say that and then do that himself? (laughs) No. But realize this, too, that there are whole denominations that have sprung up by people who have added to the Word of God and therefore changed it. And be wary of those and stay away from them. When Jesus came to the Apostle John late in his life and dictated to him the occurrences in the book of Revelation that we have now, that was it. So there aren't any more. And if someone says there is, don't believe them. And there are no new revelations and there is nothing that has been watered down to where we need to go back and reread some things, rewrite some things. Nope. Here's another little bit of mud that's thrown into the water that Satan does. It's only a history book. (laughs) Boy, is it a lot more than a history book. It is how to understand and get to know God. And so much of it is pointing to Jesus. You know, not all of it, but so much of it is. And that's really cool. Here's another one, kind of similar to what I, when I mentioned earlier. Only trained theologians can understand it. Wrong. They may understand a little deeper, but the main doctrines, the main points of Scripture, anybody who can read can understand it. Again, with the help of the Holy Spirit. Another lie is, it's full of violence, killing, and racism, and prejudice. Well, maybe the people at the time had some of that, and God is pointing it out, but God isn't for any of that. So don't try and put things of a culture that have been influenced by Satan as God-approved, or even from God. Here's another one. It's a crutch for weak people. Well, it may be a crutch for injured people, but it's certainly not a crutch for weak people. In fact, the strongest, smartest, most intelligent people that I know or have read or have listened to totally believe every word of the Bible. They hold it up with the most highest reverence. They are people of kings and nobility. Here's another lie. It contradicts science, so it can't be trusted. You know, that is being proved more and more to be the most falsest statement of our century. More and more science is proved by the Bible almost daily. And 
If you want science to prove the Bible, you're doing it backwards. The Bible proves science. Otherwise, if it doesn't, then the science is wrong. There are countless examples of how science has changed over time. You know, we used to believe this, but now we have proved that to be wrong, and now here's something new. And is continuing to change as they continue to prove some things wrong. But the Bible remains true always. And here's another thing. It's not necessarily a book about science. So don't poke at it when that's not really what it is. Here's another three wads of mud straight from Satan. It's anti-women, it's intolerant, and it's hateful. People who say any of those three, or all of them, just prove that they haven't studied it. Here's another lie. It's just fairy tales and it's fictitious. Here's another one. It's boring. <laughs> Boy, is it not. You know, and here's probably the biggest one of all. It drags you down, makes you weak, and you don't need it. You can rise above that. Boy, that's how Satan really gets a lot of people. Okay, that's just a few that I've written down. And I would encourage you to do your own research and find out if these are actually lies or not. <laughs> I certainly have, but you can do it yourself too. And remember this, don't let any of those lies cause doubt and don't let it cause despair. And don't focus on them. Don't focus on the mud. Focus on what's the truth and the, and the clear, pure, living water of God's word. Don't let them cause you to not study God's word. Because then Satan, the great deceiver, wins. You don't want him to win. You see, the world is filled with despair and gloom and doom and doubt. <laughs> but not in God's word. And there is light and help and hope. And it's amazing when you can delve into it unencumbered by the lies from Satan. Incredibly wonderful things done for the betterment of our civilization and the glory of God start and continue with studying God's Word. Satan doesn't want this to be a wonderful world. So you have a choice. A wonderful and joyous world of love and hope or live in a crappy world of hate and despair and mud and cloudiness. The choice depends on God's Word is factored into your equation of life. There is power in God's Word. Hebrews 4.12 and Romans 1.16 says that. And how you choose to accept that and what you do with that can either bring glory to God or continue down the road of despair and ugliness and not knowing even how to catch fish. <laughs> This may be totally off the wall, but I want to quote Mahatma Gandhi. Not so much to validate much of what he said or did, but I just want to quote something that was very insightful by him. He said this, You Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces, turn the world upside down, and bring peace to a battle-torn planet. But you treat it as though it's nothing more than a piece of literature. Folks, elevate Scripture to its proper place. For the Word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. 
It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Folks, don't let Satan's lies and mud he slings at God's word deny its power in your life and the practical application to your life, including your job and the strength it gives us in all areas of life. Philippians 4.13 is really a famous verse that we all memorize, I'm sure. I can do all things through Jesus who strengthens me. And remember, John established Jesus as the Word of God. We can do all things when we study the Word of God and have the strength to do life. Today's tip for life is a short one, but a very powerful one. Pursue skill in the things that are important to you in life. Whether that be your job, hobby, fishing, (laughs) being a wife, a husband. Pursue being skillful at those. Listen to podcasts, read books, watch YouTube videos, read books things that will help in each of those. It's part of the joy of living, is learning all you can about things and then being really good at it. Because there's a lot of frustration that comes from doing things, but you're not very good at it. And if you can put forth the effort, have the gumption, (laughs) the gumption to be really good at these different aspects of your life, just do And it will reduce the stress and the frustrations and actually help you to enjoy life better and to have a funner life and a more abundant life, as Jesus said in John 10.10. Well, that's your TFL for today. Pursue skill in the aspects of life that are important to you. In our next episode, as promised... We'll talk about the four Gospels, the styles, history, points of view, who to, and some really interesting tidbits about each. However, it will be a lot easier to follow along if you go to my website, bluejeanschristian.com, and download, or at least look at, the information there that we're going to be talking about. That's bluejeanschristian.com, a post called The Four Gospels. Okay? All right, we'll see you then. Thanks, folks.